This week on Erotic Awakening... Sadism. Welcome to Erotic Awakening with Dan and Dawn, a weekly view of all things erotic. From BDSM to erotic spirituality, from swinging as a lifestyle to simply fun kink, each week we bring you a diverse offering of erotic and alternative lifestyles in its many forms. This podcast includes frank discussions of highly sexual topics. This podcast is intended for consenting adults over the age of 18. If you are offended by this type of content, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Don. Hi, Dan. So this week we are speaking with Barakin Sheba, a pair of sadists that we happen to know that live here in Columbus, Ohio. Last week we talked to a masochist, so this week we are talking to sadists. The other side of the fence, per se. Can't have one without the other. Yep. And they actually had some other interesting things to talk to us about as well, but we'll get there in a moment. First, I want to admit something that I'm a little nervous about. Uh-oh. What's that? In August, you and I will be going to GLLA and Great Lakes mm-hmm. Leather Association, and not only will we be doing some presentations there, we are also going to give a shot at running for the Master Slave Contest. It's exciting and scary. It is indeed, but we've been in a master-slave relationship for quite some time now, and mm-hmm. I don't see any reason why we don't have as good a chance as anybody. True, true. We've thought about it before and decided not to do it, and this is the year we're, we're going to put the, the foot into the contest. And just so happens that uh, coming up soon, we'll be interviewing the current reigning international master-slave, Obsidian and Slave Namaste. So hopefully they'll have some tips and tricks for us. Ooh, that'll be awesome. And speaking of awesome, not too long ago we were speaking with uh, Sarah Sloan about mm-hmm. love you parties. Naughty toy parties. <laughs> Naughty toy parties. And you came up with a little bit of an idea to bring Sarah here to Columbus. Well, she said that she might be driving close by on her way to another event and sounded willing to stop by. So we've got it scheduled. So I've actually, um, it's going to be the beginning of July and I've got an event set up on FetLife. And it is Toy Party with Sarah Sloan. And you can find that under my personal ID on FetLife, which is Dan Zarani. Good deal. And we should put a link for that as well on the show. Awesome. So yeah. that'll be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun because it's uh, the way she describes it is it's kind of, and I've looked at the toys. They're, they're kind of regular sex toys, you know, from the vanilla world. But since it's all kink people that I'm inviting, she's going to teach us how to use them in different ways and things like that. So it should be really interesting. Very cool. And you know, the other thing that I wanted to mention is... Uh, we had Barak and Sheba over recently, and you've probably, mm-hmm. uh, people that have listened to the podcast for a while have probably heard us talk about adventures and sexuality, uh, either the Central Ohio Perversion Excursion event they run, or the Winter Wickedness events, mm-hmm. or the, a variety of other events that uh, you and I are involved in, in one level or another. For example, you're part of the uh, SRT group here in, that they run. Right, the Submissive Roundtable, and I actually just ran one of their meetings. I do a couple of them a year, and uh, there's a panel of us that take turns, and the one that I did was uh, I usually concentrate on MS topics, mm-hmm. and this one was more fun. It was finding your inner slut. <laughs> I think we talked about that last week. Did we? Yes, because I've been looking for your inner slut, because you said you found her. <laughs> <laughs> I did find her, and I found some other people's, too. <laughs> 
so Beric and Sheba were telling us that they were very um, that they've been listening to the podcast lately, and they were really happy with what we were doing for the community and how we were giving back and that kind of stuff. And we said, "Oh yes, well, we think that you're very uh, nice for giving back to the community as well." And I, mm-hmm. and I thought it was one of those where uh, we were just kind of patting each other on their back sort of thing. Right. But actually, they kind of stepped up to the plate, and they said that they would like to be the, or be one of the official sponsors of the Erotic Awakening podcast. It's awesome. That is awesome, although I wasn't quite sure what that meant. As you uh, know, I'm kind of a fan of keeping this at a no-money sort of exactly podcast, mm-hmm. so we don't accept donations, but... We sat and listened to them to see what they had to say. And they respected our lack of desire to accept financial donations in that mm-hmm. way. But certainly they, they said, how can we support you in keeping the Erotic Awakening podcast going and available to newcomers and oldcomers alike and letting people know about events, not only their events, but everybody else's events as right. well. And, uh, well, we just couldn't be more pleased with this opportunity. So we said, well, why not? Why not have a sponsor? So we have this little bumper that we're going to run. It's going to sound like this. Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by Adventures in Sexuality, Central Ohio's kinky fun group. Find out more at adventuresinsexuality.org. So we'll play that every once in a while, and um, and that's all there is to it. Suddenly we have uh, sponsors, and it's kind of neat. Awesome. It's like things are taking off. We thought they were going to level out a little bit, like we think about other things in our life. And instead, we've got new equipment, we've got new software, now we have a, a sponsor, and just everything's blossoming again. And, and that's really neat for us, and hopefully that's neat for you too, oh listeners. <laughs> so it's nice to have sponsors, but at the same time, we are more than willing and able and open to talking about every other event that's going on out there as well. And as normal, you know, if, if you have something going on and you want to call into that voicemail number or toss us an email and say, hey, would you mind mentioning this? I have a new podcast or I have a new event or I, uh, I'm trying a to meet new, some people. Yeah, a new book or anything like that. A blog you want to share. It's just anything. We'd be more than happy to help spread the word about that kind of stuff as long as you're not uh, trying to rake people over the coals and um, make an unethical profit out of it. Sounds good to me. If you have any of that stuff that you want to get a hold of us and let us know about or any other reason that you want to get a hold of us, you can do that in a variety of ways. For example, we have email at dananddawn at eroticawakening.com. And we have the got comment form on the web page. And on a side note on that, we had somebody leave a comment there. They have an idea for a sex toy that's never been seen before. So if you have any clues on how they can get that into some kind of production... Toss us an email and we'll get you a hold of that person. That would be awesome. We also have Facebook, Erotic Awakening. All one word. Mm-hmm. And the voicemail, 206-309-0054. And you know, it's only the cool people that call the voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> we have Fet Life, Erotic Awakening. And on Twitter, you can find us as Dan and Dawn. So, Dom. Yes, sir. Last week, you said I was not a sadist. Well, we were kind of talking about it, and 
Yeah, I don't think you're a sadist in the strictest sense of the word. (laughs) Certainly, and I'm not sure what you mean by that strictest sense of the word. But certainly, I have left many a bruise and welt and maybe even drawn blood on occasion on your hide. Absolutely, (laughs) in all fun ways. (laughs) And I don't recall when I was doing that, feeling depressed or unpleased by this. No, as a matter of fact, it was very much a powerful energetic exchange. So doesn't that make me a sadist if I enjoy causing you pain? You always make me think about these things. So (laughs) I don't think, I think you enjoy pain, but only if the other person is enjoying receiving the pain. It's very hard to describe. I don't think you like giving pain for pain's sake. I think it's that whole energetic exchange on what feeds each other at the moment. But I have seen you have that really cool look on your face (laughs) when you're letting loose on me. You mean the devil grin sort of thing? Yes. (laughs) There are times where it is pleasing to strike a blow particularly hard or in such a way that the person receiving it squeals Mm -hmm. just right. And flinches and moves away just a little bit and then comes back for more. And I think you hit the hit it on the head there for me. It's the idea that they're coming back for more. That's the pleasing part for me. Not so much causing pain. And see, I, I even have to pause on saying that because, I don't know, it's a pretty tricky one. I mean, I'm certainly a top and I certainly enjoy topping and I, and I do it. So how can I say that I'm not a sadist? I don't know. So, but I love watching you try to figure it out. We need more field research. (laughs) Maybe we do. Fortunately for us, Barak and Sheba have given this a lot of thought, and they have some ideas about what makes a sadist. (laughs) What are you giggling about? Nothing. Because they're over their tongue in. (laughs) (laughs) See, this is why we need a video podcast. (laughs) We're sitting here today with Barak and Sheba, sex educators safer sex advocates and event promoters for the Adventures in Sexuality family of events. And listeners to our podcast have probably heard us speak about that once or twice. Once or twice. (laughs) This is where uh, one of the places that we uh, run the Scarlet Sanctuary. And Mm -hmm. and you guys are like cutting edge on bringing sacred sexuality into events like Winter Wickedness and Central Ohio Perversion Excursion. One of the first places we ever did Scarlet Sanctuary. Now it's all the rage throughout the Ohio King community. And you were also guest on the show about 60 episodes ago. Together we presented for a group called Grail up in Grand Rapids. And a lot has happened since then. Absolutely. We, uh, we started bringing sec- sacred sexuality to our, our events because that's where we started from. We originally broke into the kink community through safe, uh, safer and uh, sacred sexuality. We had uh, years behind us with the tribe doing all kinds of sacred sexual work um, and that brought forward these parts of ourselves that we're going to talk about today. Absolutely. And, and it's so funny for me because I took some of those classes with you guys way back prior to the BDSM aspects being so prevalent in your life. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that today we're talking about being sadist. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't really think that Barrick was a sadist. I thought I knew he was a heavy. <laughs> I knew he was a heavy player, and I knew he liked to uh, cause you things that you still squeal about, Dom. Yes. 
But it wasn't until this Kinko de Mayo event that we were recently at that I said, I, I happened to catch Barrick interacting with someone in a hallway and going, that dude's a sadist. <laughs> Do you agree? Are you a sadist? Absolutely. Absolutely. However, I, you know, I'd like to, to just give a caveat to that, that I am a consensual sadist. Which is different from a, from a standard sadist who just fucks people up at random. Right. I, I, I enjoy giving pain. It actually gives me a... Hard on. Go ahead. Say it. <laughs> it. It gives me sexual gratification from causing and inflicting pain on people who are willing to have pain inflicted upon them. Mm-hmm. And it's also nice. <laughs> It might be nice. <laughs> you don't know. Do you think it is just the inflicting of pain, or is there other elements as well? Is it the power exchange of that? Is it the aspect that someone is allowing you, you know, to do very painful things to them? I certainly think that's a part of it. I think that there is a certain level of, of control uh, a certain level of dominance, a certain level of um, vulnerability and acceptance that a, that a bottom will allow when I'm inflicting pain. However, for the most part, there is a, there is just you know those those screams of, of agony and those uh, tears of, of of excruciation that I just it just it just, it just does it for it you, just huh? Does it for me, absolutely. <laughs> and I think. Um, the, the eye contact that you get with the bottom that you're playing with, the masochist, starts a, a chain reaction. Um, you feel their energy coming into you through the eye contact, and then it goes down deep into that part of you that really wants to get off on their pain. And for me, it gets my pussy wet, and then as my energy goes back into them in, in the form of pain that I'm giving them, you know, the response I get back is, is their pussy is getting wet and, or their cock is getting hard. Um, so for me, I need to have that, that physical um, sign from them as well as the energetic sign mm-hmm. from them that, right. that what I'm doing they like and what uh, I'm doing is, is not just okay, but is getting them off and they really they, want it. They crave it. They, so, yes. And I like how you explain that, that it's not just about giving pain and receiving pain. Mm-hmm. It is a whole energy conduit and you're feeding off of each other and giving each other what you enjoy. Exactly. And we just take it higher and higher and higher mm-hmm. until that energy just explodes within us. Mm-hmm. And that's when you usually know you've reached the pinnacle and, right. you're, and it's time to, to come down now. But, Sheba, when I asked you earlier, are you a sadist, you weren't so sure you wanted to use that label on yourself. I really am learning about myself in new ways now, and I don't like all the labels that I've necessarily been given. You know, brat, um, switch, slut, whore, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Some of them are fun. Yeah, that's me. (laughs) Um, uh, And and sadist is just one of those. It's just a part of who I am. Um, and I'm recognizing that I don't need to label that mm-hmm. in order to recognize that there is a part of me who really gets off on giving someone pain and, and sharing that energy with that person. There's also a part of me that enjoys receiving pain, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, I think, where the switch label comes from. So, yeah. Well, and, and Enough I, with labels. I'm I, done with labels. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I, I, fully embrace, I fully embrace the label sadist. I mean, it, for, for me, it's something that as I'm negotiating with the bottom, uh, I'll explain to them, look, I'm a sadist. It really 
gets me off causing and inflicting pain. It's something that I strive for in every scene. You know, it's like sex without pain is like food without taste. <laughs> and when I'm interacting... Okay, well, hold on. You have to say that one again. Sex, sex, sex without, without pain, pain is right. like food without taste. You've got it. I didn't mean to say it again. I'm getting that on a t-shirt. <laughs> well, and for me, it's like that. For me, it's like that. I, I mean, I, vanilla sex, great. You know, uh, sex with my wife's fantastic. What? When do we have vanilla sex? <laughs> we turned the lights off the other week. It was, you know, we were missionary. Yeah, but it was really kinky because we were joking with each other about the lights being off. Well... We were pretending to be vanilla. <laughs> it's really kinky. Right, that's just sick. <laughs> kink of pretending to be vanilla. <laughs> and, uh, you know, as I'm negotiating with bottoms, I'll tell them I'm a sadist. And, you know, because heavy is a question of, of interpretation. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's subjective. And anybody can, oh, I'm a heavy player. I, I used to hear that all the time in the scene. It was just like, okay, whatever. Um, but when I say to them that I'm a sadist and I enjoy uh, inflicting pain, and I want them to be fully aware that I'm going to bring them to that edge of what they can't stand anymore, and then I'm going to ask them to give me a little more. You know, at that point, they start to understand what my sadistic tendencies are, and that they should expect a roller coaster ride. I mean, don't get me wrong; I don't go zero to sixty. I don't just grab a hold of them and hoist them up by their nipples and try to touch the ceiling. It's it's one of those things that that you can uh, you can bring people to a certain level of of pain and always people can stand more than they think they can mm-hmm. and getting to them to that point is is hugely and enormously arousing to me and so as I'm moving them forward through their pain scales and through their endorphins and and you know traditionally I'll end a scene right as their endorphins give out because that's that's where they're done and that's where I go that was wonderful <laughs> let's do this again nice. and it goes from there how much? How important is it that the other person is involved in the scene? And I don't mean that from a perspective of you're beating yourself up, but a. I would think that a sadist doesn't really require the other person to be a masochist. That once they've signed on, that okay, I'm a hip to this scene, and you put duct tape over their mouth, that you would be involved in giving pain. And not in their feedback. That's that's more of a a, a marquee to sad type of trait, right? You right. Know, that was that was sadism. That was pain just for the sake of pain, mm-hmm. right? Which I, that to me is lame. And the reason it's lame is because don't get me wrong, I really enjoy that too. But it's one of those things that I like to have a willing victim. I like to have a willing participant. I like to have a willing partner in the energy, in an energetic circle. As I'm causing them pain, I like to give the I like the feedback. I like the feedback of their screams, of their agonizing looks, of their tears, of the begging, of the begging. <laughs> you know, and 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 both ways. You know, I have one particular pain slot I work with um, on a regular basis who will you know I will really hurt her, and it's lovely, and she will look up at me with these eyes of full of tears and agony, and say, just a little more. Mm-hmm. And it's that moment where I'm ready to go fur- much further because that's where the edge is for me. That's where the edge of arousal is for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, Sheba, have you ever thought to yourself, have you ever thought that whole Marquis de Sade, you know, view of what a sadist is? And I know that recently 
the book that says if your mental case has changed, whether it considers <laughs> you a mental case. But did you ever think to yourself, maybe there's something wrong with me the way that I enjoy inflicting this kind of bodily harm? I think, um, yes, with the short answer to that, definitely yes. Because <laughs> I think we all do that. We all wonder, whether it's from top or bottom, masochist, sadist, is there something wrong with us? Because society tells us that there mm-hmm. is. And it's only after you peel back the layers of your own personal onion, so to speak, that you find um, within yourself an understanding that, yes, that that's part of me and that it's okay. You know, as long as it's consensual and I'm not hurting fluffy bunnies or right. little children, then, yeah, then there's nothing wrong with that. I do like a bunny now and then. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, it's, it's not something that you come to accept about yourself immediately. It's never one of those things where you wake up in the morning and go, gee, I'd like to fuck people up for a living. You know, it's, it's one of those things that, that it takes a little while for you to accept that monster within you. A lot of top drop, a lot of experiencing mm-hmm. top drop and and reflecting back on what you just did to mm-hmm. someone. Right. Um, and that kind of helps you get to that aha moment each time of, of acceptance that, um, that it was okay with them. And it takes a lot of the feedback uh, mm-hmm. from the masochists that we play with to, to get you to, to that place. But probably even talking to other sadists. I would imagine would help too that have worked it through their head a little bit because I know I had to do that as a masochist mm-hmm. talk to others you know and that had figured it out so but but I would imagine yeah the feedback from yeah. the masochist I think that's why it's well. so important to be part of a community right mm-hmm. because then you do have resources outside of yourself and your own personal circle mm-hmm. to turn to to ask questions and to talk about these fantasies that you have or these feelings that you're going through yeah. And to be honest, I personally, I like the idea that you're examining yourself in the mirror. You know, that to me, that's very healthy. If you're going to be a sadist, to step back and say, wow, what am I doing? Who am I? Mm-hmm. And to be, okay, okay, I got a good look and I'm going to keep going forward. I'm comfortable with that. It's the people that never look at themselves are the ones that make me a little leery. You know, they're the ones that you, you wonder... Are they just in it for themselves? Have they taken that moment to step back and taken a, a personal mental health mm-hmm. check? And do they know where the line is? Right. Yes. Sometimes they don't know where the line is. If you're negotiating and you know you've you've got the feedback and it's consensual, I would imagine that you're more in power of where the line is. What really? It took me over two years of being involved in the community, being involved in in SM in general, to fully accept my ability. Or, or my desires, mm-hmm. you know, it really took it really took some time and some some introspection, where I was going. Do I need therapy? Should I just mm-hmm. step away from this? You know, am I repeating cycles of abuse? Am I right. doing things that are that are psychologically dangerous to my health? And after after a time of, of talking with Shiva and of talking with acquaintances and actually talking with a therapist mm-hmm. who was an acquaintance of mine. Um, and saying, look, this, these are my desires. And they looked at me and said, look, do the people you engage with agree to these acts? And I'm like, well, yeah. You know, and they called me up and asked me to do more. <laughs> <laughs> and in that moment, there was this light bulb that clicked and said, okay, so I found somebody who is either equally unhealthy 
or equally healthy in their in their own in recognizing their own needs, wants, and desires, and have enough personal um, liberty and freedom that they allow themselves that right. that gift of masochism or sadism, so that they can they can free themselves of the guilt of societal uh, oppression mm-hmm. and allow their fantasies to come to fruition. It's it's one of those things where in that moment it was so amazingly freeing, you know, and it was it was Shiva helping with this because we were we were playing and she was like, Look, you know, you can stop fooling around and actually start hurting me now. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, <laughs> I thought I had been and she says, There's a mental block that you have. Yeah. You know, that allow that kind of keeps you on this line that says, No, I can't do that to someone my, I love and she's like, Look, I want you to take me way beyond that line and really mm-hmm. hurt me. And if you love me, you'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> so and but you use that word hurt. You know, and some people are like, you know, where you're hurting someone else. And it's like, you know, okay, physically, yeah, you're hurting someone else, but you're not harming them. Absolutely. And that's then there's a fine line there between, you know, and hurt is a physical sensation Mm -hmm. that lasts for a specific time and then goes away. Whereas harm is something that's potentially permanent and or requires extensive physical and or emotional therapy (laughs) to get rid of. And so we, we stay on this side of the, we stay on the hurt side of the harm line. Right. You know, and that's something that, that I, I also negotiate with my moms. I say, look, I'm not interested in harming you. However, I'm sure it's fucking able to hurt you. <laughs> and it becomes part of that. With that, with that glint in your eye. <laughs> and one of the more empowering things I would imagine would be, as you were saying, when you've played with someone and a couple of days later they call you back and, and as Dawn likes to say, do it again, do it again, do, do it, it again, again, do it again. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So if you were uh, a newbie sadist, just getting started, what sort of direction, what do you recommend for somebody who says, you know, I'm I'm really enjoying this whole giving pain to people. How do I move forward with that? How do I Uh, cultivate that? Oh, you know, I'll tell you. One of the best things to do is find a good, healthy masochist Mm. and have them work with you. Because, I mean, yeah, sure, you can find another sadist. I mean, anybody can find a sadist. They're falling off trees here. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and essentially... I mean, but they're landing on masochists. Right? <laughs> and there's that, I mean, there's that, always that joke, which I love, which is, you know, a masochist runs up a sadist and says, hurt me, hurt me, and the sadist says, no. <laughs> Damn. Right. Well, no, I mean, that's very sadistic. I mean, yes. it, it exemplifies what, what we're talking about. But... If a, a new sadist is stepping into their power as a sadist, mm-hmm. I would firmly recommend finding themselves a pain slaughter or a masochist and working together. And I mean, just get rid of safe words. Stop using safe words. No red, no yellow, no green, none of that crap. You know, use English language. Mm-hmm. Ow, that hurts in the wrong way. No, don't do that. Do this, mm-hmm. you know, and actually communicate. You know, don't make it a scene. Make it walking through right. sadism and masochism. You know, and that way you'll be able to allow that sadist and masochistic energies to flow between the two of you. And as the sadist, they'll have a, um, a high quality masochist or, or, or a self aware masochist that will allow them to express their sadism in a healthy and safe environment. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the best way. I like that idea. Hands-on experience. Absolutely. Just because we have a lot of 
people that are listening to the show that are new to the lifestyle. And a lot of the listeners have not been to these events and they haven't had the opportunity to experience a lot of these things. Does being a sadist mean that if you were using a, uh, let's say you're using a single tail on someone and you're using it in such a way that delivered pain that, that's owl level, okay, and you accidentally struck them a particularly hard blow out of control and ripped some skin off, do you get, oh, that was really nice? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Is that bad? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I guess what I would say is anytime you cause unintentional pain, mm. that that's the big thing. It's unintentional pain. Don't get me wrong. Even unintentional pain, though, gives me a rise. Mm -hmm. As long as that masochist is able to turn around and growl at me or call me a bitch or give me that eye contact mm -hmm. that allows that circle of energy to continue to flow so that they know that, yeah, maybe I didn't mean to actually rip off a chunk of their flesh, but because I did that, that took them to a new level of, of growling awareness of their inner masochist, which allows me to suck in that energy and, and have that little inner sadist that's inside of me go, oh, thank you. You know, and then we can continue. And what I do is 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 something a little different. I do I do what what I call misdirection. And what I will do is I will go up and I will clarify that that was an unintentional hit or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I don't walk up and say, "Oh, that was unintentional. I'm really sorry." And I, you know, I continue the energetic flow. Right. You know, I walk up and I'll grab them by the throat and I'll throw them up against the cross and I might you know knee them right in the genitals. You know, if it's a woman, um, if it's a man, I might. You, you know, still might name them, <laughs> <laughs> or I might do something that you know that causes them further further pain, that takes their attention away from the accident, while still oh. saying, "Did you like that misstroke?" Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. something something to the effect of create. You know, acknowledging oh. that it was <laughs> acknowledging that it was an accident or that it was that it was unintentional. And still maintaining the energy of the scene. You know, if you, as, as a top, if you walk up and every five seconds you say to your bottom or your dominant or your, your bottom or submissive or whatever, and you, whatever you want to call them today, you, you walk up to them and go, oh, how am I doing? <laughs> Is this all right for you? Okay, at what point did you become the top? You know, at what point did you turn around and, and, and become the bottom? No, you're running the scene. They're running the energy through. You're running the energy through them. They're giving it back to you. It becomes a circular effort. You know, it becomes mutually beneficial. But you're guiding the scene based on your interpretation of their actions, based on your interpretation of what they can handle, of what you want to give them, of where you want to take the scene. You know, and that's that's what being a top and a, mm -hmm. is all about for me. Now, Shiva, I understand that you. Uh, and I know you don't like the word switch, but you play both sides of the field. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Again, the label slut. <laughs> but um, I have some evidence that Beric is actually a masochist. Do you have evidence? I, well, first off... So uh, do I, but no one will ever get a hold of it. <laughs> well, first off, um, Don made this, this determination that anyone who gets a tattoo must be a masochist because the damn things hurt. Yeah, you knew I was bringing that up. <laughs> I knew. But even more damning 
is you both bottom to the community quite regularly by throwing ah, these events yes. for hundreds of people. I mean, what kind of crazy... You've got to be a masochist if you're trying to put together these events and booking hotels and... Let's face it, some of the people in our community are not the most generous of souls. And they're like, how dare you have events on a weekend? I work on the weeks. Change your events for me, sort of thing. I'm sure you guys never run into anyone like that. No. No, no. no actually, I'll, dra- I'll address the tattoo part first. <laughs> I'll address the tattoo part. We'll get to the community here in a minute. Um, the tattoo part, here's, here's the thing for me. Um, over time, you know, in the military and whatever, and all the tribe and stuff, I've developed the ability to withstand a tremendous amount of pain, mm-hmm. right? I can withstand, I can sit in a tattoo chair for, for three hours straight going, okay, that hurts. Okay, that hurts. The difference is I don't enjoy it. Right. I, sure. What I do enjoy about tattoos is looking in the mirror a week later after it heals and saying, God, that's fucking gorgeous artwork. But the actual inflicting of the pain, fuck, it hurts like a bitch. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't like it. You know, if there was a better way to get tattooed, I'd do that. <laughs> you know, but but if there's not, you know, so I'll sit there and I'll withstand a tremendous amount of pain to because it's what I want. Mm-hmm. It's because it's my goal to be, to, to be covered in beautiful art. Right. So does that answer that question? Absolutely. Okay. It was never a question for me. I was just trying to get Dawn in trouble, to be honest. (laughs) And and, and did you want to say something? It's being your tattooed yourself, my lovely. No, I'm a a masochist. That's why I do it. Sure, it's pretty, but it's painful. I can get one of those tattoo guns. We can go home. (laughs) Yay. Okay, let's not start seeing you. Let's stay stay focused a little bit here. Um, As to the community, yeah, here's the thing. You know, it's, it's the same thing. It's exactly the same. I want the end result. You know, yes, I'll withstand a tremendous amount of pain and irritation um, wherever it comes from, whether it comes from outside or inside the scene. You know, we had, uh, several years ago, we had um, the radical right attack us, mm-hmm. both both um, professionally, as an organization, and personally. And it was, it was, it was painful. It was not something we enjoyed. Um, however... For us, the end goal is bringing national-level presenters, is bringing national-level conferences, is bringing these events to the Columbus community so that we and others can share in the excitement and, and, and thrills of exploring and finding our bliss and determining our own creative sexual expression without input or, or oppression from those who would not believe what we want. Mm-hmm. You know, it's constitutional for me. It's base level. I want to do what I want to do, and I don't want somebody to tell me not to. Simple enough. Simple enough. So for that, you know, for that end result, yeah, I'll take some pain. I'll take some pot shots. <laughs> you got to see naked Barbies duct taped together by the radical right. They that were, was so... They were not <laughs> I didn't know they, they could do that. They were kids. Oh, I'm yes. sorry. <laughs> And, and in that way, you and I are similar in that if there's something that we want and the community doesn't already have it built, mm-hmm. we're willing to put the effort to forward. For myself, I wanted a, a strong MS house. So I said, all right, instead of trying to convert someone else, do it for me, do it for me. 
And I know you guys said, man, we need an event in Columbus. And th at that point, there was no mm -hmm. longer events in Columbus. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, of course, Don and I are very grateful that you guys are doing those. Cause Absolutely. It's, it's <laughs> nice traveling out of town on occasion, but sometimes it's nice not traveling out of town and having a major event, which rivals any other event in the nation, 20 minutes from your doorstep. Well, we, we, we look at it this way, you know, I mean... It's 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 one of those. There was this sticker on a car that was that was like something to the effect of "lead follower, get out of the way." Yes. yes. Mm -hmm. And and I'm that way. You know, I'm I'm absolutely that way. You you know, if you're not if you lead and are a strong leader, mm -hmm. I'll be glad to follow. You yep. know, if you're going in a direction that I believe in, mm -hmm. right? But if you're not, if you're not going in a direction that I, that that I believe is right, I'm going to make my own path and leave a trail. Mm-hmm. One last question for you guys, if you don't mind. What are you guys up to next? What's AIS doing, Adventures in Sexuality? What are you personally doing? Anything going on in your lives right now? Or is it the slow summer where everybody's relaxed? Mm, it is a slow summer. Uh, we do have one event planned um, in June. We'll be going to Spanx up in... Spank Festival. Spank where is that at? Somewhere up north in Wisconsin, Minnesota. <laughs> one of those places that's freaking cold. It's right outside but of they, Madison, Wisconsin. Okay. And the only reason that they actually got me to attend this outdoor event is they have promised me that they're going to rent me an RV. Oh, nice. <laughs> Seriously, nice. I don't like nature. <laughs> no, we, we, we really do have a lot of stuff going on aside from that. And then we also have, we have um, Loki coming in to do a special all-day rope um, intensive for the Columbus community, followed by a party that night. That's July 10th coming up. Um, and then we have a, um, we're sponsoring a, a lifestyle motorcycle ride on August 14th. Um, and then what else do we have? We, oh, that's right. We have something called COPE coming up in September. <laughs> <laughs> a great big two-day event. <laughs> Can't forget that. Yep, the Central Ohio Perversion Excursion. And it is, it is uh, a boatload of fun. It's, it, it's welcoming to... Um, is it a boatload or a rope load? It, it's, well, it's actually it's both, actually. You know, we have we have people coming in from all over the country. We have who do we have? We have Jimmy Tattoo. We have Jimmy Tattoo. We have Molina Williams. We have Michael Yay. Soul. We have Mike West. We have a whole list of presenters. We have Lucky Out. Oh God, he's going to be great. Yeah. Can't mm -hmm. wait to can't wait to hang out with him. Lucky Paul. Lucky British Lucky Paul. Yeah, yeah we got a bunch. <laughs> you can, and you can find out more at the uh, on both Fet Life by typing in Adventures in Sexuality, and it'll pull up the Fet Life group. Or you can find us on the web at adventuresinsexuality.org. Fantastic. As in orgasm. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Guys, it's been a real pleasure to sit here and talk with you again. We'll have to do it again in another 60 episodes or so. Sure. Coming up next week, The Dominance Handbook. Bye, Dawn. Bye, Dan.
Music heard on Erotic Awakening, Free by White Knight, Strawberry Jam by Jerry Bradley, and Wanda by 31D1 is provided from the Podshow Podsafe Network. More information can be found at music.podshow.com.